U.S.-China tensions have been escalating and issues revolving around Huawei and the consulates in Houston and Chengdu have recently garnered a lot of headlines. Following the U.S.'s order, the Chinese consulate of Houston has been closed and the U.S. consulate in Chengdu is set to close uh, very shortly. So to give us more analysis on the uh, situation as it stands right now, we're pleased to be joined uh, from the Department of Political Science at Boston College, Professor Robert Ross on the line. Hello. Hi there. Good to be with you. Thank you for joining us, Professor Ross. So the uh, Chinese consulate in Houston shut down. The U.S. consulate in Chengdu uh, set to uh, close uh, very shortly. Uh, it does feel like a tit-for-tat move, uh, obviously, uh, and it seems highly unusual. Uh, what do you think is going on right now? When, what do you think are going to be the next steps? Well, I think the United States has decided that the rise of China poses a number of challenges to American security. America's role is number one in the world. And it believes that the only way to stem the tide and to reassure America of its place is to ratchet up the tension and the competition with China. In the last two weeks, American policy has become particularly intense. We see a heightened presence in the South China Sea with multiple aircraft carriers, new sanctions on officials, Chinese officials responsible for developments in Xinjiang, sanctions on Chinese officials regarding Hong Kong, We see Secretary Pompeo giving highly ideological speeches around the world, including in Britain and the United States. So we see clearly an attempt by the president to ratchet up the tension so as to put more and more pressure on China, and in so doing, to try and mobilize American public opinion to see China Mm. as a threat, to mobilize global opinion so that perhaps we can strengthen the coalition, and then third, to if you will, present the next president, whoever it may be, whether it's Donald Trump or whether it's Joe Biden, with a fait accompli. There is now a new Cold War with China that has become irreversible. And then we must never forget that the president of the United States has his domestic political agenda and his base resonates and supports President Trump's anti-China policies. And he's doing so poorly in the polls that there's some effort there to mobilize the base by emphasizing China once again. Well, you mentioned Pompeo. Let me follow up on what you just said about that. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, uh, speaking recently uh, at the uh, Nixon Library, did say that uh, the China and uh, the U.S. are engaged in a modern Cold War. Uh, there is this sort of game of chicken going on between them, seeing who uh, blinks first. So uh, that public statement by Pompeo, uh, what do you think the ramifications of that was? Well, I think rather than see this as a game of chicken, I think the Trump administration is trying to provoke the Chinese to retaliate. So as the tension escalates, move the United States closer to its goal of decoupling with China so as to minimize or eliminate the extent to which there's cultural cooperation, political cooperation, educational cooperation, and try and put pressure on American corporations to leave China. So this is not a tit-for-tat so much as American hoping to provoke China. Mm. I must say that China has been fairly patient to date. Um, they have not reduced significantly their purchase of American products. Um, they could very easily say the Americans are treating us like an adversary. They could begin to redirect their imports to other countries, which would have major damage on the American economy going into election year. We have not seen reciprocal speeches from Chinese leaders. We have not seen 
sanctions on American companies to the extent that America is putting sanctions on Chinese high-tech companies. So we see Chinese restraint, perhaps in anticipation that there will be a new president in 2021 who will be able to stabilize the relationship. Now, Professor Ross, there were reports that a Chinese fugitive researcher was uh, spotted uh, uh, allegedly hiding in the uh, San Francisco consulate. Uh, can you? It kind of almost sounds like a spy movie. Uh, could you elaborate a little bit on what's going on and why this is so significant? Well, there are a number of Chinese research, researchers in the United States affiliated with American education institutions um, and scientific laboratories who violated their visa regulations by essentially denying that they are hiding that they were affiliated with the Chinese PLA. And the United States is beginning to crack down on these visa violations with concern that they violated these regulations. They lied on their visa forms so as to gain access to American military technologies. So the United States is cracking down on this with reason. Um, the United China has long cracked down or limited American ability to penetrate the high tech and and security industries. The United States is beginning to reciprocate that. And so there perhaps was simply a Chinese researcher who was concerned that the American FBI would arrest them. So it was taking um, refuge in the uh, Chinese consulate. Um, in the scheme of things, I think this is a rather um, insignificant event, um, an action taken by a single Chinese researcher. And I think the larger picture here is the relationship is just becoming more difficult and the episode at the, Shanghai, at the San Francisco consulate is just one more headline that drives the relationship toward a more difficult competitive environment. Let's move on to the company that's sort of become the, the poster child of uh, this conflict between the two sides. Uh, the U.S. has imposed sanctions on Huawei, which, as we know, is the uh, Chinese telecom giant. Most recently, uh, there was an executive order preventing the company from offering services provided by Google. Uh, could you maybe help us understand this ongoing issue a little bit more? Well, the president and the administration has identified Huawei as a major challenge to American security and has identified Huawei as a major challenge to American competitiveness in the world in next-generation cellular technologies. And the administration would like to, if possible, um, bankrupt Huawei, make it economically unviable. So it's trying to close down every avenue by which Huawei can make a profit. This is part of its campaign to put pressure on other countries to deny Huawei access to their cellular communication systems, whether it's uh, Great Britain, whether it's Australia. The objective is in part security, but the extent to which Huawei is being constrained internationally and domestically suggests there's more at work trying to bankrupt a significant high-technology Chinese company. Well, let's address that uh, allegation. So the big concern is that the Chinese government is in cahoots with Huawei, and they're trying to gain, uh, whether it's intellectual property or any kind of intelligence, uh, through these uh, Western telecom projects. Apparently, there's no uh, real smoking gun evidence that any equipment or any uh, any other nefarious deed has been done as of yet. But uh, what would be, can you assess what the possible risks of this, if this rumor was even partly true? Well, a company such as Huawei essentially is a a company within the Chinese Communist Party. And the Chinese leadership can exercise, when it chooses to do so, significant control over such large multinational corporations. So whether or not at this particular time Huawei is sharing 
classified or sensitive technology or information with the Chinese Communist Party leadership is not the issue. They might in the future. The question is whether or not one can protect one's security and one's classified technologies without shutting Huawei off completely from one's civilian communication network. Many countries believe that is possible. The total denial of Huawei and its 5G capabilities anywhere in the United States uh, civilian technologies or in British civilian technologies, many countries find unnecessary, whether that's France, whether it's Germany. There are many countries who refuse to go along with the American pressure on Huawei because they believe it's counterproductive. They want 5G technologies in their country. They believe they can maintain their security. And they believe the United States is trying to ratchet up a Cold War, which they do not want to participate in. So, uh, Japan, Australia, Britain, they've kind of followed along with the U.S. lead. Uh, U.S. is pressuring Korea, LG U-plus also to stop using Huawei technology. How should a country react to this U.S. pressure? Well, first, it's clear that these most countries in the world refuse to comply with American pressure. Second, the British have made very clear that they complied with American interests, American demands, not because they shared the concern to the extent the United States does, but because America was threatening significant sanctions on British companies. So it was overt American coercion on Great Britain that changed British policy, not a common concern about Huawei and Chinese espionage. Other countries should make up their own mind. All around the world and in Asia, countries have made it clear that they do not want to participate in a polarized Cold War as existed between the United States and the Soviet Union. Whether it's South Korea, whether it's Singapore, whether it's the Philippines, whether it's Malaysia, even Japan, and even Australia, despite mm. their decision of Huawei, do not want to choose sides between the United States and China. Right. In some issues they may, in some issues they may not, but each country is going to have to decide, is this polarization good for them? We will have to leave it there. Professor Ross, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you.